Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where business owners and aspiring entrepreneurs open their minds to new ideas and concepts that will help you during your entrepreneurial journey and during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 54. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today I interview Renato Santos. Renato is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and the owner of Browse Fight, a BJJ geek company that also offers lifestyle apparel based in Australia. He talked about the importance of giving back, and Renato is walking the walk with his program, Rolling for a Reason, an initiative to support underprivileged or disabled children, teens, and adults around the world. He mentioned about taking calculated risks in your business, and my takeaway from the interview was the hustler's mindset, which inspired the title of episode 54, The Hustler's Mindset. Stick around for my final thoughts after the interview when I expand on this topic. Stay tuned right after Jiu-Jitsu Tribe's message. Oos. The BJJ Mental Coach Podcast is a proud supporter of the nonprofit organization Jiu-Jitsu Tribe, formerly Live Jiu-Jitsu. Jiu-Jitsu Tribe supports social projects who offer free jiu-jitsu classes to unprivileged children and young adults in impoverished communities, inspiring, impacting, and improving their lives, keeping them away from drugs and crime, creating hope, and creating champions on and off the mats. Your donation helps projects to pay for their monthly expenses and facility makeovers. As a supporter, the BJJ Mental Coach donate all the profit of all online courses and merchandise to Jiu-Jitsu Tribe. For more information, please visit www.jujitsutribe.org. Let me introduce you to today's guest, Renato Santos. Renato is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and the owner of Browse Fight, a BJJ geek company that also offers lifestyle apparel based in Australia. Renato says, Browse Fight was born out of a dream where I want to live for jiu-jitsu and change lives. To that point, Rolling for a Reason was started as a charitable arm of Browse Fight. Rolling for a Reason is an initiative to support underprivileged or disabled children, teens, and adults around the world. Browse Fight also offers a chance to support their program with the Kids Gi Exchange Program, where they offer 25% off of a new Gi purchase in exchange for an old Kids Gi. All donated Gis are passed on to Browse Fight and Rolling for a Reason's affiliate community programs giving underprivileged kids in our community the necessary gear to join BJJ. Renato, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Gustavo. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to, to share a bit of my uh, jiu-jitsu journey here with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's cool that I got your contact through Alain de Lucia because you're supporting his project and yeah. here in Arizona. And then I got in. Yeah. I'd like to know more about him. Yeah, uh, Ale and I, we got a, a friend in common, Vitor Freitas. Uh, and yeah, Vitor knows about our causes and, and stuff like that. Browse is very much uh, formed in, in a community-based type of setup. So we always trying to give as much as possible back to the community. And Alan, uh, he in Brazil, he had a, a, the same project yes. going for a while, helping a lot of uh, disabled people for the... I guess it's a government uh, 
a charitable type of setup there. And then he went to America and he's starting to to push unlimited BJJ through. And then Victor, Victor spoke to him and spoke to me. And it's always a pleasure to, like in that scenario for that specific event, so we just donated a couple of beers and we're trying to help each other out. A lot of new stuff coming for that specific project. But uh, yeah, that's what we like to do. Uh, from the beginning, from day one, that's why Browse started. I come from a different background, so I always wanted to change lives, regardless of what I did. Uh, and then through Browse now, I I just am able to do it in a smaller scale. Uh, so through Rolling for a Reason and different projects that we partner up with, so it's very, very, very rewarding. That's great, man. So how would you just show up in your life? Well, I was 12. I just had moved to this new city. I was from the countryside, went to near Sao Paulo, massive city. Uh, was a little bit out of the scope from my new environment. And then in the local club, just around my my, my parents' house, there was a jiu-jitsu club. At the time, it was Lotus Jiu-Jitsu from mm -hmm. uh, Master Moisés Muradi. I started training there with my local teacher, uh, Flavio Padilla. And uh, yeah, and then I engaged. I did from 12 to 18. I, had, I went through all the colored belts, all the degrees I could possibly have. When I, I got my blue belt at the time, I think the blue belt was when you were 17, 18. And then I moved to Australia. I was only 19, 13 years ago. Uh, and then for that period, for the next four years, I stayed away from jiu-jitsu. And then since I'm back, uh, being fully committed, training a lot. And then six years ago, we decided to open the, the browse fight to try eventually live the dream. <laughs> mm -hmm. And how do you feel jiu-jitsu relate to life and all these, uh, these years that have been involved? Well, uh, I think... Uh, Jiu-Jitsu specifically, but martial arts in general, it's a, every, every training session is a challenge. Every training session, you put in yourself in positions where you have to adapt and, and, and get out of certain positions, get, get out of the discomfort zone. So I, I guess it's just like life. Every day is a new challenge. You have to wake up early, get yourself composed, go to work, feed the family help others and and so it's training daily and and living daily is pretty much uh the same thing so when exactly did you have the spark for browse fight well actually uh when i got back training uh i needed a, a new gear yeah and i had my old uh keiko gear that i used to to buy from from the boys in sao paulo uh and and Austin goes heavier and so on. So I always travel to China for my different business I have with, with construction. And I, I approached my new coach, Guilherme Nevis, uh, and I said, look, I'm going to maybe start making some gears. I have this project of, you know, having a charity and this and that. And I think that's my escape to, real, to fulfill my, my dreams. And he goes, yeah, I'll support you. You can start at my gym, this and that. So then yeah then i just realized that the philosophical uh thoughts i have of changing the world is a little bit utopic and i could maybe start 
doing locally bit by bit changing one life or another life or my 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 personal life and my family's life and then work from that progress from that so yeah the spark came six years ago uh to get involved in the industry on the business side of things uh and yeah just basically basically that yeah and we're talking earlier about how the the crowd that listen to to the podcast we do have a lot of entrepreneurs but we do have a lot of people in transition that some that are actually doing both right now doing maybe their regular job and on a side they're doing their gigs and eventually to turn that part-time into the uh, full-time dream or some people that actually they're still in the job that they're not satisfied so they we have a little bit of everything but we do have a lot of people in transition and you are going through we're talking how you're going to this transition right now of to little by little to be able to move away from your regular job to just go all in with brow so now when you started six years ago how was the mindset when you started and what is the difference now six years later because i know a lot of the fears and doubts come in when you started the project so just tell us a little bit of the mindset when you started and where you're at right now uh look uh the, the mindset i have hasn't changed uh the the core of the mindset hasn't changed as much I, i've got so just people understand i have a, a sort of a hustler's mindset mm -hmm. where regardless of what happens uh just keep going like church hill uh has a saying that if you're going to hell just keep going mm -hmm. and then uh that that's the way i believe you get successful when you cross the border where you can uh, sort of get comfortable enough on one end and, and do the transition to the full-time job or to live the dream or whatever it is. It's, it's what I'm living now where six years later, I can sort of disconnect myself from my building company, from my small building company to uh, pursue the jiu-jitsu dream. But obviously that comes with where you have to have planned enough to be able to support yourself through that transition. Because it's, yeah, I'm, I'm living a, a secure sort of job where the income is constant and nothing to basically nothing to betting and gambling on something that it's happening, but it's slow, it's, it's a process. So I think, I think in terms of the mindset is just do it fight, Put your heart into it and, and, and work hard every day. So faith, love, and hard work is what I have in my mind. And, and, and in combination with the hustler's mindset, the hustlers are those that when you say, oh, I'm going to start a gear company, I'm going to sell kimonos, and everybody goes off like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Sell kimonos, who is going to buy it? It's just a dream, blah, blah, blah. And then, so they laugh at you at the beginning, and now they take you as a person to to follow. Uh, it's just, yeah, that, that the mindset hasn't changed. Just the the focus of the mindset has changed a bit, and now it's full time on browse. Uh, and yeah, let's see. Yeah, the word goes. is uh, the mindset has evolved. You know, evolved. That's the word. Yes, yeah. correct. So, in these six years, what has been some of the biggest struggles? on this part of your 
your business with the browse, what has been some of the difficulties that you've been experienced and what did you learn from it? What, well, the, the, at the beginning, uh, the, the, the main challenge is getting the, the design right, finding the right suppliers. Uh, the suppliers are overseas. We started it in China. Uh, now we're based in Paxton. We managed to uh, own our own factory now in Paxton. So we have full control of the the process and and yeah the the challenge is basically time conciliating uh uh because at the beginning it's not nothing but a part-time job it's a second business that you have to do after your 10-hour shift from the day you know what i mean so we start early finish at five and then you still have a few hours to go through the second business so obviously combining the the time for two companies, family, friends, and everything else. Training as well, because then you fall in that bit that you sort of have to give up some training sometimes to get things done or vice versa. So time is one, and obviously the financial side of things, uh, because it's a lot of investment. Australia is a small market. We started really small. It, It grows double the size every year, which allowed us to purchase our own factory and build our own setup in Paxton at the moment. Uh, and then obviously the expansion of things now. Now it, where I became full-time, I have all the day to work for Browse. I'm expanding, we're hitting the USA now. We're planning to hit Brazil early next year. So everything is happening. The market is much more aggressive. It's a combination of anxiety and, and excitement. So it's a funny feeling, but it's very, very, very much rewarding. And what suggestion do you give to someone that is in a similar situation with you, the transition? What is one advice? One is like you already said, just to keep going. <laughs> now we're going through how keep going. But what is someone that it's in a similar position? They're in a, this transition phase and like you said, a lot of the times, people in a way they, in a way they think that they're helping you, like they try to protect you, saying like, "Oh man, you're not gonna sell any gear. Why are you even bother? Why are you doing this?" So one of the the things is not to listen to other people. But what do you feel that it's a good advice for people in transition that you live in right now? I think I think is the main advice. We always say that in Portuguese is. To have your feet on the ground, uh, and and really think ten times over each step you're gonna do. Obviously, risking the more you risk, the the quicker you can get you where you want. But the 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 bigger can be the the fall. So just that balance of risking and and but risking enough not to compromise the whole business. Uh, so if you fall, you still can pick up yourself. Uh, let's say uh, a lot of people ask me, why don't you don't you get a multiple time world champion to represent the brand and this and that? We are getting there. First of all, they are expensive, and secondly, what's the point of having, uh, let's say, a big name, whoever you know, uh, representing with a million followers and this and that, if I'm not going to be able to support in terms of customer service, you know what I mean? So have your feet on the ground, 
go step by step, a lot of patience and a lot of work. Just just work as much as you can. Uh, try not to lose the quality of life, but uh, yeah, just steady and slowly and you get there. Yeah, this is uh, interesting of taking the risk, but at the same time, not compromising the whole the whole business. The whole setup. I yeah. had a, a conversation in one of the podcasts, which was number 52 with Samir Shantri. And we're talking about this, about there's times in your business that you have to take those calculated risks. And talking how sometimes a lot of the decisions that we're talking that I did and he did too, it's making the decision when you did not have the money to do so. <laughs> and then you kind of going to load the credit card, you're going to roll the dice and you hope that it's going to work. And yeah. I mean, again, it's like, I like to say in the American football here, the quarterback's going to throw, not, not always going to be perfect, not always going to land it exactly yeah. in the hands of receiver. And that's when we see that entrepreneurship is not for everyone. Not everyone has the guts to deal with the anxiety. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's the big one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's interesting that a lot of people who are in transition, they could they could probably pull it off, but that fear of just getting that hump of taking that risk, yeah, that that hold them back. I I don't know if you read a book that's it's called uh, Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, where where the guy gave up a couple of inches before the gold was found. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because he didn't want to spend any more money. And then the next guy came, he dug a couple of inches more, and he was a multimillionaire. He, he founded Ford and stuff. So. Yeah. And that's funny that Samir and I were talking about exactly about this book too, which is a, yeah. which is a great yeah, one. Na Na Napoleon here. Yeah. yeah. Now, what did you say it's a one high-performance habit that you have? Something that you do every day that helps you in business, in your life? What did you say? Uh... I would say is, is 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 the mindset that I have that I really really want to to achieve my main goal, my dream. That is is basically to help as much people as I can in life, uh, and that what keep make keeps me going really. Like small projects now, we're talking uh, with unlimited BJJ where I'm like. Indirectly, I'm helping with two gears for two disabled people, but that can grow so much. And eventually I'll be able to to have a thousand kids or two thousand kids or whatever. You know what I mean? But regardless, if I'm changing, if I'm having that one smile from that one single kid, it's already enough to, to, to already shows me I'm in the right path and that what keeps me going every day so it's 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 basically working hard and and staying true to what you believe mm -hmm. it's, and that's the main just curious about uh, this part because i don't know if you know but i i co-founded a nonprofit organization called live jiu-jitsu which we support social projects in brazil yeah. and u.s and we're actually in the process of rebranding by the time we're recording this in may by the time this episode is coming out already going to be uh, rebranded to Jiu-Jitsu yep. Tribe and eventually nice. I'll be giving more information to people about it. We're going to be focused on a different mission right now, more of extreme makeover to social projects and so forth. Yeah. And so we used to do some um, 
ghee drives and stuff to send to Brazil, but now Brazil is making it a lot tougher to send those geese because they're taxing people even there for them to get the yeah. geese and stuff. So what is the, the logistic of you wanting to help sending the geese in some of the countries they definitely don't help? So how I, I'm just curious to know because since I'm involved in that type of business too. Yeah, look, a lot of the times it, it, it means direct investment. So really the gear is getting there and you have to pay 100% on, on something that support, it's free. You yeah. know what I mean? Because a lot of the gears is an, through the exchange program we have. Yeah. So we renovate them and stuff and try to ship it through. A lot of the times they don't let it in. So you have to return them or just forget about them and stuff. But now finally, because of the, I got the company set up, I got my radar set up got everything. Uh, I got a good broker. So we're sending with the stock, with the larger amount. So we're sending 500, 1,000 gears at the time. And uh, the, the second-handed ones are always within that package. And then it becomes a $20 deal per gear or a $10 deal per gear. But it's always cash investment. Or a lot of the times, there's a lot of people coming and going. We're sending a full bag, two full bags and stuff. Turns out to be cheaper because an extra bag is $150 Australian dollars, and then I can fit 10, 20 gears in there. So, but it's always a drama, and and it's it's funny because like Australia is a rich country. There's not many social projects as as we have in Brazil. Uh, like for poor people, there's obviously for disabled and stuff like that. But uh, for the for those that doesn't have a condition to buy one gear or, or things like that. So that was a big challenge here in Australia to find who needs the, the help. So that's why we decided, oh, we got to start sending to Brazil and, and sending to Bahia, Sao Paulo and stuff like that. But obviously the amount, I've got a lot more gears here in my stock than what I've actually sent so far because of the, the barrier we got with taxation and customers and stuff like that. Yeah, we definitely, after the interview, yeah. want to talk with you more about that, how Jiu-Jitsu Tribe can partner up with you to help getting oh, yeah, there definitely. because that's how a lot of the, this is the great thing about the podcast, the, the, um, the amount of relationships that yeah, I'm being network. able to create. And with that, we had one of the, interviews i think it was number 40 uh man i got so many around 42 the art of learning with uh, nelson because he's the owner of inverted gear yeah. so after the after the interview we're talking more and see how much he likes to get involved with projects and so forth and then i support a, a project in tucson arizona they do an incredible job they're able to implement jujitsu in the school district and wow. so we got him, we we're going to pay him, you know, we raised some money to buy some geese and he donated yeah. 50 geese and went straight to them. So I'm like, man, that's awesome because that's we use awesome. the money to help a different project. And without a podcast, I would never make this connection because I didn't know yeah. him, you know? Yeah. Networking is this. That's a, another big thing in business. Networking is everything. Yeah, so this is, a, I, besides I get to learn a lot and I always research on topics to share with people, I can get those connections of donations that people have been, been giving and as, as people get to know more about, even though I've been doing this, 
this since 2010 as far as the the nonprofit organization. Now we're kind of picking up uh, more speed as far as the different route that we're going. And plus different phase I'm at in my life that my business are stable. Now I can focus more on my that's social cool. work. Now that's awesome. Yeah, that's my aim. At the moment, I'm pushing through to get the financial barrier sorted mm-hmm. so I can fully dedicate and, and help more. Because as you know, a business has budgets. We can, as more I want to help, I wish I could distribute dollars, but there's a budget to follow. And, and if you don't restrict to to what you have available, then you can get compromised different different parts of the business. But I mean, networking, as you're saying, for me, it's everything. And true jujitsu, I've been I'm meeting people every day, like you, like Alan, like I met uh, Mohammed Ali not long ago. We started a social project uh, in in Para, Belém, Brazil. Uh, we're building a little setup for this guy that was helping other kids and stuff. So. Small, small dollars, big names, big connections can, can make a big difference. Like a networking of people with the same mindset. Honestly, we can really change lives. Absolutely. And just giving a shout out real quick for if you, any of the listeners haven't had a chance to visit, you can go to livejujitsu.org. And by now, if you're listening this in June 2019, tribecharity.org will be live. And you can see some of the projects that we're helping and what you have coming up. So super exciting stuff. Now, what would you say is probably the best advice you've ever received in your life, regardless of jiu-jitsu, anything? Uh, I've got a very successful businessman in my family. And when I started, I actually asked that question. And he told me, just uh, don't compare yourself with anybody else. Uh, you are unique. And and since then, like a lot of people call me, oh, did you see this brand, what they're doing? Did you see? I said, yeah, I've seen it. But just because I'm looking around, you know what I mean? Not that I worry, you know, this competition is good. Competitions make you grow. Uh, I am unique. I stay true to myself. I know what I, what's my main goal. Uh, so it's yeah just don't compare myself to nobody else I have in my mind that I am the best in the business I'm just not the biggest yet so uh, my product is unique my vision is unique Uh, and yeah just I I guess there's space to everybody I hope everybody can do a little bit extra apart from from the money and yeah that's basically it which is a great advice, by the way. Now, what advice should you give to the younger Renato when you, uh, let's say, when you're starting Browse? Which, again, six years ago, not that you want dif- anything different, but looking back, what is something that it, you're either done differently or even to someone that is starting a similar journey like you, what kind of advice should you give? Uh, well, if, if they starting, uh, I would say just have faith, do it, love and work hard. That's, that's the main thing. Don't listen to what others are, are, are saying, listen to everything, but do not absorb everything. Just take what, what's positive. Uh, and if I could change anything in my, in my journey, it's, it's probably just some 
wrong wrong investments I did, <laughs> wrong risks I took mm-hmm. that uh, that I yeah I should have balanced more or shouldn't have got so much excited. Just maybe control the excitement got and it. think think once again uh, on what you're doing. Sometimes just getting some of the priority straight. So yeah, priorities yeah, of exactly. where you're going to invest. Yeah, what what's more important now, A or B? You know, what's super important or not so important, and stuff like that. Like I said before, I made the mistake of getting uh, mid 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 names of the industry, thinking I would change my life, and it just cost me a lot of money. The the deal, yeah, it didn't change much. I wasn't ready for that step yet, so it's just basically balancing out where what's your reality. And what's uh, really that little step can do, or if you can support it or not. And what is a a book that you recommend, and why? Maybe a book that do you have the habit of reading? You mentioned about thinking, grow rich. Yeah, I I, I used to do a lot. Uh, now I'm more with the audio books, mm-hmm. just because of driving, planes, yeah. and stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I love reading. I love I love researching, learning. Yeah, I'm very curious about anything you have to to talk about. So, uh, but uh, yeah, a book I think we spoke about it just earlier. I think that Think and Grow Rich for who is starting now and who has the entrepreneurship mindset. It's a good book. Uh, will give you the 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 mindset that the hustler's mindset that not to give up, not to listen to the outsources and stuff. Just believe in yourself and stay true. Uh, yeah, it gives you a good, it's very capitalist, but uh, it gives you a good, good direction on, on how not to give up so quickly or just keep going a little bit extra. So, so Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, it's a good book. So talking about this hustler's mindset, when do you think... Do you feel that you start developing that? Do you feel like younger was kind of like in your blood or do you have like someone that was an inspiration for it? I, th- I think my father has a similar mindset in a different industry. He's a, he's in the, he's a doctor uh, and he always had that mindset. doesn't matter what time of the day or, or, or night. If you need him, he'll be available. He, he loves what he does. He has faith in himself and in other people as well and he works hard so it's basically i think watching him uh 24/7 uh with that grinding daily to achieve something bigger he also has a charitable mindset so that i think is my biggest inspiration and yeah i think it came naturally because i've i've been an employee before but for the last i think 10 years i run since since I got here as an immigrant, I realized that I could uh, make I would have more time available at the beginning and make more money trying to set up my own business than working for somebody else's dream as an employee. So I always had that, and and you know, to to open a business, you you don't really have a, a seven to five o'clock job. You have a twenty four seven job. So I think that developed along the way until uh, I think I was reading somebody talk about the wrestler's mindset and that I just connected with that is just, they gave a name to my, to my mindset. Mm -hmm. And yeah, (laughs) 
because mm-hmm. I always, I always been, I don't, I, I love working. Don't get me wrong. It's a, a little bit of a workaholic, but uh, it, it is what it is. I love what I do, and and I got the support from my family. So, yeah, and good. this this is uh, important. What he said about uh, it's basically like a workaholic uh, pattern. Uh, this is something that I kind of got from my mom too. That if you let me. I can stay on and on. So I have to like really watch myself. You know, yeah. I need, I started to over the years figure out that, okay, a certain time, if I start something, that means I'm up until four. So I need to make yeah. sure that I don't start something by a certain point or <laughs> what am I going to read? What's going to activate my mind? What time? Because if I read something, even if I read something really good or business or whatever, 10 at night, that's not going to be good for my mind because my brain is going to start spinning and then and I want to act on, on whatever I'm reading. So it's just kind of learning how to balance that. That's super important of how uh, it's it. The, the A lot of people say like what, you know, balance, but it's the harmony, just really finding yeah. Uh, because balance for me can be completely different for you or the listener. Exactly. You know, that yes. each one have their own yeah. perception of balance. So how how do you see this part of like balance or harmony? Uh, look, uh, as you said, it's my perception of balance is different from anybody Absolutely. else. It's different from my wife's perception of balance. <laughs> and she is the one that's always pointing out that you need to have balance. You, you know, you need some quality time. But quality time for me, this is quality time for me now. So it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's a strange, but I well, look, especially if you have, if you're a single and, and you don't have a family or a daughter or a son, just go for it. <laughs> just yeah. dive deep into it and, and do as much as possible. But I guess once you grow a family, I have a three-year-old daughter and she demands time. She wants to play and this and that. So I'm trying to, uh, it's a learning process. Um, I would say I'm 50% there, uh, but I'm trying to get to switch off at least. If it's 10 minutes, it's a 10 good minutes. Uh, if it's two hours, it's a full two hours for them, for my family. Uh, but at least, as I said, if it's 10 or an hour, 10 minutes or an hour, at least that is full commitment in in you know, for them and stuff. So it's just instead of being there, but it's still working on the phone or thinking of something else. It's like training. Training. That's why I love training because it's that hour and a half, two hours a day where if you don't switch it off, you, you're going to get bashed. So you have to switch it off, pay attention so you can learn and, and, and not be in trouble so much for so long. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to transmit the training mindset to my personal life mindset where I can give them good time, good quality time with me and, and share as well, see her grow and stuff. But honestly, it's been, this is probably my biggest challenge now, especially in that transitional yes. moment I am because I'm anxious. Naturally, I'm anxious, probably the lifestyle, the entrepreneurship, uh thing and and the change where i'm leaving a secure job to something that i'm sort of gambling on and and as more the more i believe but it's still a gamble you know uh and then yeah so that's today is probably my biggest challenge today is to find the balance where 
because I'm working worldwide, you know, now it's uh, three o'clock there for you. It's 9 a.m. for me of a Thursday, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I have to Europe, uh, Pakistan, China. So that, that uh, time difference is also, so I have to control that, trying to get my good time sleep, mm-hmm. good time with the family and the rest of the 15, 16 hours for the business. Yeah. Are you familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk? Uh, no, actually. yeah, you should, you should check it out. I don't know if it's probably not, I don't know, people in Australia familiar with him. I'll, I'll show you the link, Gary V. He talks a lot about awesome. the, the hustling okay. mindset. That's his thing. And I think you're going to relate with what he said because you, you mentioned something that he always talk about. He mentioned it's not about how much you sleep. It's just what you do when you're awake. You know, it's yeah. uh, it, like exactly said, if you're 10 minutes with with your family, it's 10 minutes, that's phone down, that's, that's it, it's all in. So he exactly. talks a lot about that, you know, because sometimes people could be in the same house, could be right next to it, but it's not Somewhere. there, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, <clears throat> so it's, it's very interesting. That's why I, I, I thought about him. Um, I'll send you the link. I think you're going to uh, resonate with a lot of his messages. Definitely, yeah. Um, so what are you currently excited about? What's going on? Look, I'm excited about the jiu-jitsu itself. I think, I think the industry is just a, a little embryo. You know what I mean? There's so much to look at. I, I'm a bit all over the place with the, you know, I, I love doing business. It's what drives me. So I got browse. I got a number of different uh, uh, projects going on uh, with different partners, different people, athletes, uh, TV, all over the place. Uh, we can discuss it further later. But uh, it's, yeah, I'm just excited about the industry, excited about the athletes I got on board now. I've got uh, big names like Ricardo Evangelista, old time champion. I've got the younger generation, Levi Jones. I don't know if you heard of him, the yeah. Australian kid. Mm-hmm. Levi's with me since a white belt uh, from from the gym. He quit school. Uh, he goes, I want to be a world champion when I'm 22, black belt. And and he's making it. You know what I mean? He's one of the biggest. Yeah, he won the Pans and Europeans this year, right? In 2019. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he beat Lucas. He beat Renato Canuto. So he's, yeah, he's doing incredible. his job well. And I'm very proud. I'm really excited to watch him, his journey. I'm really excited about all the projects we're looking for Rolling for a Reason with Alan, with Muhammad Ali, the other people we're working with in Brazil, in America, Germany, you you now, you know, like new contact. So the, in general, I'm really excited uh, for, I, I'm living the dream, I'm traveling, I'm doing as much traveling as possible for the tournaments. I was in Abu Dhabi last week. I'm going uh, away to America for eight weeks now for the words, for travel all around America. I'm going to Europe later, back to America for the master words. And then, so it's just a lot of uh, good stuff, excitement, uh, fear as well. So mm-hmm. I think it's good to, to fear it as well. So cool. the excitement doesn't take true. But So yeah, mm-hmm. but, but answering your question is just the, the jiu-jitsu industry. I think there's a lot of space. I see I see the industry in a different way where like as a brand, 
I don't see, I don't really believe in, in paying salaries and stuff like that. I believe there's a lot more to just uh, winning medals. Uh, I think if, if, if the people are starting to realize that uh, you, you, you can be a 10-time world champion, a 20-time world champion, if you don't work through your name, your business itself, you're still going to have to teach forever. You're still gonna have to teach seminars forever, otherwise you won't have a living. There's a lot of examples of great champions that that is still struggling financially in life. Big so for, for, for athletes that work with me, such as Levi or the young generation, I try to give more than just a, a gear sponsorship type of deal, more than just a cash salary. I try to really show them, train them to understand that they are their own business and they need to start like a building. You have to have a strong foundation to not to fall when you, you, when you get older or when you get more weight on your back because you can get 10 medals on your back or 20 medals on your back. If you don't have a, a strong foundation, you're going to collapse and you're going to have to do something else. Uh, so that's what I try. I always try to, I don't offer only a cash money or a whatever. I offer a full package of guidance for your career. Yes, correct. That's great. So I think, I think that's a different approach to what most people are used to. When we, we speak to athletes, uh, even the color belts, blue belts, purple belts, uh, they, they first thing they think is, Oh, Give me two hundred dollars a month. So I say, yeah, well, I can give you two hundred dollars a month, but what what does it is gonna change? You know what I mean? You're not gonna change anything. It's one competition a month. Let me let me show you what I can make. You know, I got the proof. I got Levi from day one. I started working like that. It's not by coincidence that he's uh he's, he has a strong mindset. He has a great jujitsu. And, and, and that he's creating a name for himself with his mindset, not only because he look, beat Lucas Lepri or Renato or nah, it's because he has, he is a world champion every day, regardless of what happens, that kid, he is a world champion every day because he, he beat his mindset already. He beat his fears already. So that he, he's not going to change. He can even if he's not doesn't make ten world championships, he he has the mindset to to be great already. Uh, so yeah, I, it's a bit a bit complicated, but it's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so for all the listeners, getting close to the end of the interview, so Renato, want to thank you and also see how people can know more about browse fight how they can get in contact with you so anyone that you'd like to thank so the the, our main website is browse fight uh australia but uh worldwide if you go www.browsefight.com you'll direct you to your nearest website so if you're in america we'll go to the usa website and you can contact us there through our emails or instagram at Browse Fight or at Browse Fight USA, uh, Facebook or any social media. Uh, 
yeah, flick us a message. You can uh, request my personal contact and you get it if you have any ideas, you want to share anything. Otherwise, you just can talk to our customer service and, and yeah, we're very responsive. You probably get answer right away. So yeah, looking forward to it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Renato. I really appreciate it. And for all the listeners, make sure that you stick around for my final thoughts. Us. Us. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Cheers, mate. Let me share with you my final thoughts from the interview with Renato Santos. If you're listening just to the final thoughts on Instagram TV at Gustavo Dantas BJJ, Renato is a brown belt in jiu-jitsu and the owner of Browse Fight, a BJJ company that also offers lifestyle apparel based in Australia. He talked about the importance of giving back and Renato's walk in the walk with his program Rolling for a Reason, an initiative to support underprivileged or disabled children, teens, and adults around the world. He mentioned about taking calculated risks in your business. And my takeaway from the interview was the hustler's mindset which inspired the title of episode 54, The Hustler's Mindset. He shared Winston Churchill's quote, if you're going through hell, keep going. Definitely a must if you want to adopt this mindset. To be called a hustler often comes with a negative connotation. Of course, when I say hustler, I'm not talking about someone who does shady business or sell illegal products. Urban Dictionary has a good definition of hustle. Quote, to have the courage confidence, self-belief, and self-determination to go out there and work it out until you find the opportunities you want in life, unquote. Now, my question to you is, do you feel that you possess the hustler's mindset? As you already know, after the interview, I researched the main takeaway, and I do my best to create content to inspire, impact, and or improve your life in some way. There are tons of information on the hustler's mindset, and I highly recommend you to do your research on Google. Also, there are different approaches that I could have used for these final thoughts. And among so many signs that you may possess to have a hustler's mindset, I chose to share one. Naive optimism. You are naive enough to believe you can do it and optimistic enough to believe you can do it. That is why I feel entrepreneurship is not for everyone. For example, my wife Carissa is very anxious. I drive her crazy with my endless amount of ideas. And often she feels overwhelmed, especially when my idea requires money that we don't have. Do you relate to that? If you possess this hustler's mindset, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For example, I opened GD Jiu-Jitsu Academy in Tempe, Arizona on March 6, 2012. Four years later, when I was finally starting to recover from my investment, when I put everything I had in what I didn't have, which means loans and credit card, an opportunity to expand the business present itself. The CrossFit next door was moving out, and the landlord offered us an opportunity to take over half of the space and to expand from 4,000 square feet to 7,000 square feet. There was a problem, though. The business was not financially ready to make a move. However, if I didn't accept, the next door business, an auto parts shop, was going to take over the whole building. What would you do? Would you say no and limit the growth of the business? Or would you apply the naive optimism and say, I'm in? My wife almost had a cow, but I did it anyway. I pulled the trigger in what I believed. Three years later, the school went from 250 members 
to 400. I'm not trying to impress you with the growth of my business or anything because what I did is nothing compared to big companies. It's just to convey to you that when you have a naive optimism in conjunction with courage, confidence, and self-belief, as the Urban Dictionary describes, to create your own opportunities, to execute on your vision and not wait around for someone to solve your problems, you know that you're developing your hustler's mindset even more. In a recent interview, Elon Musk said, quote, my proceeds from PayPal were $180 million. I put $100 million in SpaceX, $70 million in Tesla, and $10 million in SolarCity. I had to borrow money for rent, unquote. That is what people with the hustler's mindset bring different to the table, the willingness to put it all on the line for your passion and your vision. If you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, a good analogy to use when you're implementing the hustler's mindset is think of yourself as a quarterback in American football. Not every throw is a touchdown. You're not going to complete every throw correctly. Not every pass is going to land exactly where you want. Sometimes you overthrow. Sometimes something you don't expect happens, like the receiver dropping the ball or you get intercepted. Move on and get ready for the next play because time is ticking and you don't have to be dwelling on the fact that you didn't complete your pass. Remember, the fact cannot be changed. Only your response to the fact can be changed. Learn from your mistakes and have the naive optimism that is going to work in the next time. To wrap up, I would like to ask you something. Have you been utilizing the hustler's mindset in your business? If so, keep it up because you can't go wrong with having the courage, confidence, self-belief, and self-determination to go out there and work it out until you find the opportunity you want in life, as the Urban Dictionary describes. However, if you say no to this question, what is preventing you from adopting the hustler's mindset? What is preventing you from pursuing your passion, your vision? Be brutally honest with yourself. And if you're sincere, you'll figure out that the only person stopping you from achieving your vision is you. Oh, We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.